For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, February 16th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. Welcome, fam. What up? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio, Money Talks. How about that? An explosion at the end. I usually hit the fade button. You just wanted. You just felt like exploding everything today. Why not? It's uh, <laughs> it's exciting, right? Let it, let it rip. So whatever happens. The voice you just heard in the background is Jennifer Thomas. She's uh, our manager of our P&I department. I know she's a, a principal of the firm as well. Uh, also holds the CFP designation. Yes. Jennifer has uh, been around this place for a minute. For a very long time. A long time. How about that? And uh, we also have Justin Wagner, who uh, is a... It has an AIF designation. I'll let him explain that in a minute. But uh, Justin works in our 401k division where he helps plan participants in 401ks, 457bs. Is there anything else? All those All retirement, retirement plans. plans. Right. Yeah. Uh, tries to help the participants make decisions as to uh, how to allocate for their, their uh, risk tolerance. Talks to them about investing in general and gives them awesome statistics that encourage them to invest early and often. That's right. And uh, also does, you know, beyond uh, just individual one-on-one education, you you uh, will educate groups at, at a time. So having talks and trying to build that business um, for businesses. That's right. Um, and, and, you know, help the plan sponsors to yeah. make the plan as good as possible for the employees. Right, yeah. That's low extremely low costs, good right. options, yeah. making sure it's well diversified, um, talking to the to the trustees, making sure that they've got all their fiduciary Check marks uh, covered as well. That's right? exactly right. That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So, what is the AIF? You said it's the Accredited Investment Fiduciary. All right. So again, we we help the plan sponsors make sure they're following the rule of the law that they need to to sponsor this plan, and we help with all of those aspects. So, making sure the fund lineup is well diversified. We have low cost options. We have actively managed options. Uh, the plan design helps the participants, whether that's a safe harbor plan, whether there's a certain kind of match, provisions within the plan. We we work with all that. So. All right. Sounds good. Um, Justin, just out of curiosity, I know I, uh, I make my little goofiness, what up, fam, coming into this thing. Usually the millennials are looking at me and out of the corner of their eye and think, what's <laughs> wrong with this guy? I'm just trying to be hip, man. I I'm, I'm I don't think there was anything wrong. Just because with this, you, you know? said him just totally though. made you <laughs> oh, well, the opposite. Honestly, if there's any doubt that I'm not, you're absolutely wrong. I just do it for as much just, as anything comic relief. Yeah, well, it's fun to me to see the reactions that I get. But 
You, you've got to be like on the, the far edge of barely a millennial, or are you like right in the middle? I don't know. What, 29? So I, I don't yeah, know where that would fall. I'm pretty sure I'm smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah, you are. You're you're millennial. So I guess my jokes aren't funny to you. Sorry. I'll try harder. I'm one sh- one year <laughs> shy of being a baby boomer. <laughs> so you're you're Grandma X. That's what I, I called. KC was on the show a few weeks ago, and he was telling me he was like first year of millennial. Mm-hmm. So he's Grandpa Millennial. Yeah. It's really? It stretches out yeah. that far? Yeah. 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 That far, you're saying Casey's old. Just older. because he has gray <laughs> hair does not yeah. mean that Casey's <laughs> that old. I will so. tell him that you said that, but... Um. I mean, I have no hair, so I really can't say anything. <laughs> well, it's not gray. Well, yeah. Casey's right. always said that it's he had... It's platinum. His hair turned gray earlier. Not gray. Platinum, yes. <laughs> Says a lady with a full with, head with of... platinum. Platinum hair. There you go. Right. And I am about to be a grandma. In addition to being a Grandma X. Grandma X? The real grandma. The, about to be a grandmother for the first time. How about so that? You're just a few months What away. is going to be your, what are you going to, you going to be grandma, grandmother? I, I can't decide that. This is, this no, is I can't big, decide big that. Yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big decision. Maybe I'm not there yet. Maybe I'm, we I'm should trying to decide whether I choose it or whether I just, it just let happens. her choose it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so. You know what happens if you let. But sometimes, if you let, yeah. You may not like what it is. Right. Yeah. You may want to have some say in that. I'll tell you. This is probably a good enough story just to tell you how how weird it can get. I have two dogs at my house. They're both wiener dogs, and um, they were named by a ten-year-old boy. And the male's name is Earl, which I think is kind of cool. The female is is Monkey. Monkey the dog. Where'd that come from? Just madly. I'm just yeah. Okay, you. I'll pick. I'll pick my own. Name I think then. if I were you, I, that, that's my encouragement. I think if I were you, I would. Uh, I would take it into my own hands. All right. So let's talk about the stock market. What we're really here oh, to do. Oh, okay. Uh, market's done pretty well this week. Up uh, 1.74% led by energy. Energy's been just kicked around bad lately, but looks like it's. Catching a little bit of uh, uh, wind, maybe, in its sales. Uh, industrials up 247. Utilities were the laggard, but they're still positive, up 0.48. Financials up 0.65 on the week. Um, you get a little deeper into the numbers, and uh, you can see for the year we're up over 10%. Still down, though, from our uh, September 20th, 2018 high. Um, but we're getting back into the positives on the one year. I know uh, 2018 ultimately wound up being negative. But um, if you look at, like I said, for the year, we're up 10%. Industrials are up 16.09. Utilities, again, at the basement, but positive 5.22%. If you look at it on a longer-term basis, utilities boil up to the top. Um Overall markets up approximately 4%. Real estate up almost 20 at 19.92. Utilities up 18.69% over the last 12 months. Uh, that's pretty serious gains for utilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally slow growth space. Uh, healthcare up 11.28%. Look at the bottom of the list. Materials down 8.73. Financials down 8. Point one two energy down one point six three. So, uh, all things considered, um, market's been looking a little better lately. Uh, some of the things that uh, that we like to talk about is uh, we've got 
earnings season still ongoing for the S&P 500, a uh, good measure of the market and a uh, good measure of where we are in earnings overall. 387 of the 500 companies in the S&P have reported um, earnings surprise is up 3.3%, which means earnings have been better than the analysts would have expected, uh, especially in energy. Um, energy has outperformed in earnings by 18.17%. This is fourth quarter numbers. They're always reported in the first quarter of the year. Uh, that's really the big highlight. Uh, consumer discretionary is another pretty big beat, 5.84%. Get further down the list, it uh, looks like communication services, which changed. In fact, it became a sector last year. Uh, now includes, instead of just telecommunications, it used to be just phone companies. There were only three of them. So it was Verizon, AT&T, and uh, always maybe Sprint. I forget which one <clears throat> the third was. But now um, companies like Alphabet, which Google, um, uh, Disney, uh, any company that might be entertainment-related is going to be in that communication services sector. So it's much bigger. It used to be a small percentage of the overall S&P 500, but we got about 10%, I think, of this total sector I mean, of the total uh, S&P 500 now in communication services. So 8.28% uh, uh, earnings surprise, pretty significant there. Uh, if you look at uh, growth, just straight up, 14.21% earnings growth in the fourth quarter uh, after we're approximately 75% of the way through earnings season, almost 80%. Uh, again, big growth in uh, energy, 98.9%. It's almost unbelievable. Um, communication services up 21%, 18.94% for industrials. Uh, it's pretty significant growth. Why did they change that? Why did they change and make that? Yeah, I'm not sure the reasoning behind it, but if you think about what they've done, it actually makes pretty good sense. Uh, like I say, anything that's entertainment-related, um, communications-related, the the AT&T and Verizon are still in there, um, it, but it, uh, it kind of bolstered one sector and took away some of the some of the what was considered technology or consumer discretionaries mm -hmm. in some ways. Uh, tech, Google would have been a technology, um, and uh, Disney obviously. Right. So like our, our um, cruise like. Cruise lines Royal and those, Caribbean yeah, Royal Caribbean, yeah, all those Carnival. are those Carnival. No, they're they're actually still in discretionaries. So yeah. anything, yeah, uh, vacation related, still going to be there. If it's a if it's a discretionary spend, well, that's I guess usually Disney. Really I think you know Disney World, but I guess that's you know yeah, there's the a lot bigger, of. I mean, Disney does a lot. Yeah, of, you they know. own they own yeah. television. Uh, yeah, you know, and and uh, movies, mm -hmm. even through Disney, they're you know they're a big yeah. producer of movies and and more they're. Uh, revenue is generated by by that sort of thing. Okay. Um, you know, it's kind of the difference between Target and Walmart. Walmart's a consumer staples because it sells more groceries. Mm -hmm. Target's a consumer discretionary because it sells cute stuff. Yeah, stuff you can wear. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, take a real quick break here. When we come back, we'll have a dog of the week. As always, they're awesome. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Time for the 
All right, Dog of the Week this week. Uh, as you know, if you've listened very long, this is a uh, segment where I get to either make fun of something crazy in the stock market, technology, people in general. It's uh, not always finance-related, but I can always tie it back. You know, well, everything has to marketing. do with money, right? At the very least, marketing, right? That's a business concept, and you're right. Everything has to do with money. It fuels the world. So this story is from Reuters out of Petersfeld, England. Uh, how about a Tinder-inspired app helping farmers match up potential potential partners for their cows? And what do you think they <laughs> oh, might have called this? So it's sort of like FarmersOnly.com, but for the cows. For the animals. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's right. It's kind of like Tinder. They've tied together <laughs> Tinder and a part on the cow called the Utter. It's Tutter. <laughs> you can go to this website. You can look through the pictures of the cows. If you swipe right, meaning that you like the cow as a mate for maybe one That's of great. your cows, then it sends you to a website. Um, that website. Again, this is for folks in the U.K., so if you're in the U.S., you might be traveling a lot if you're going to go check out the cows in England. But uh, I'm sure that if it works there, Tutter will probably be coming to the state soon. But uh, Sell My Livestock is the name of the website. Uh, you can get valuable information on the website like milk yield, protein content, or calving potential. Calving potential. Yeah. Caffeine. <laughs> Why they have it spelled that way, I don't know, but I should be smart enough not to read it that way. Um, so it's, uh, it's it's a pretty interesting concept, matchmaking app for livestock. Very interesting. What will they come up with next? Technology, man, it's everywhere. So it's really <clears throat> who let the cows out? Today, yeah. <laughs> Wait till next week. Who let the cows out? But uh, perfect valentine's day which is just behind us uh story right yeah, yeah why not? they might find love i don't know if cows actually <laughs> consider that they might find calves <laughs> who, knows? <laughs> who knows but uh either way technology can uh can find you a mate for your cow well, I guess if it works for humans, I don't know why it wouldn't work for cows. Yeah, usually farmers are more about the auction. You know, you just go, you poke and prod on the cow before the auction, let it walk across the stage, you make your bid and walk away. But uh, in this case, uh, you can, maybe the auctioneers are not going to like this site. I have a feeling it's changed a lot of auctioneers. Saves time, saves money, you don't need the space. We just said it's all about the money. That's what technology is about, right? That's right. Saving time making things more efficient uh you know pretty good stuff pretty good stuff so wow. uh there you have it tutter check it out my <laughs> wife and i met on bumble so now i can go home and tell you know they make it for cows now <laughs> yeah so that's interesting uh Justin, my head around how long thing. you been married again buddy uh Almost a year. Yeah, you might up. want to save that one for a couple <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, she's used to it at this point. It's fine. Yeah, well, she'll get more used to it oh, over the next will. couple of years. That's I'm right. just saying, you know, go easy. It's good advice. I appreciate go, it. Go easy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got uh, lots of other stuff to talk about. Most of it finance related. And uh, before we get into that, let's just let it, let you know how you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can call us on our question hotline, one eight five five four two nine nine one six six, where you'll get a recording. Uh, you leave your recording, including a question, if you have one for us, 
Uh, we will play that question on the air, followed by our response. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Uh, ask for the radio show producer, and uh, you'll get directed to the lovely Kelly Lynn, uh, who will help you with your questions there. Uh, if you prefer not to talk to anybody at all, don't pick up the phone. Email us at drgene@hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, Hensler.com, where we have some canned answers. If it's a broad enough topic, you can probably answer your own question there. But if it gets a little more complicated than that, like I say, contacts, we love to hear from you, and we like to answer your questions as well. So um, here we go, folks. we got uh, got a situation, some circumstances, Adriana's ex. Uh, used to make her 401k decisions. She's recently taken a new job and uh, rolled her previous 401k over. However, it's currently sitting 50% in a bond fund, 50% in an index fund. She was able to roll over the balance of 40000 Uh Her new plan has a whole new selection of funds. That's really common, right, Justin? Very common, yep. Uh, and uh, at least four different funds are in each category. She also has the option to choose a target date fund for 2052. Adriana knows she needs to move out of the bond fund, but really has no idea how to allocate her savings, much less what her employer is contributing. Now, employer contributions are a major issue. Uh, you should always try to take advantage of those. It's free money. And a lot of people don't. Uh, I'd say the majority of people don't because yeah. they don't understand the benefit of it. And that's kind of where our role comes in is, Hey, this this is free money. Right. There, there's educated. no strings attached. I mean, this is money that you get for saving money for retirement. Yeah, you get so. incentivized to save. It's right. a, it's an awesome thing. And the yeah. earlier you save, the better off you are. We can talk about all those details later. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about um, maybe first off, what is a 401k plan? So it's just a vehicle that any employee would use to save money for retirement and. I think the thing that makes a 401k so great is it's automatic. You get your paycheck, the money goes into the 401k, and that's it. You don't have to make a contribution into a separate savings account and figure out how to invest it and this and that. It's all done for you, and it's right. easy. Yeah, so so you make your decision. Um, it's on record, and when the pay comes, that portion of it gets right. diverted that's into it. your plan. You're saving money. And you don't even realize it. Don't realize it. And usually, I mean, you're not going to feel it one for one either, right? So you get tax affected because when you save into a 401k, it's before tax. If right? it's traditional 401k, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. But there are Roth options. That's correct. a good point. So yep. a Roth would be after tax. That's correct. Um, and And the difference there is the traditional actually grows until you begin withdrawing from it. And then as as you withdraw, you're taxed on the money that you take out. As income, correct. As income, mm-hmm. right. And with a Roth, you pay your tax first, and it grows basically forever with no tax no correct. tax effect beyond the first tax, right? That's right. So it grows tax-free beyond uh, your contribution. All right, so... Um, we're, we're talking about sitting in 50% in a bond fund with a young person. You figure if it's 2018 and she's picking a target date of 2052, um, what's the math work out there? We're about 34 years from retirement, right? That's a little bit, little bit too conservative for somebody that young. Right. Uh, most of us would totally agree with you. Uh, you know, Hensler Financial, we have a 
10-year rule that says if you don't need the money within the next 10 years, it should all go into equity. So she should probably be, if not all, unless her risk tolerance would say so, if not all, mostly in stock-related investments. So the 50% allocation to the bond fund, 50% to an index fund. Indexing is simple, and most all um, 401k plans are going to include one. Be like the S&P 500. Uh, you could also have an index for smaller cap companies. Um, they should. You would be surprised the amount of plans that we take over that don't have index options. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so if somebody's uh, interested in just getting exposure to the stock market, they can do it that way. Uh, there's also actively managed funds for usually for large cap, mid cap, and small cap, Correct. which means that uh, they might have a benchmark of the S&P 500, but the uh, the uh, investment is ran by obviously an individual who believes that they can beat it, beat the market through their allocation skills or or their selection skills, and yep. um, quite often they do. Um, but uh, somebody like Justin can walk you through how to identify those those uh, particular investments that are available within your 401k, right? Right. And and I think the you know the thing about a, any retirement plan is it's participant directed. So it's our job to make sure we provide the best fund options available and then we can work with you to choose those. But at the end of the day, you still have to make that decision on which one that you invest in and that's why we offer the target dates, which is kind of the easy button approach if you will because Look, 95% of people don't know how to invest in their 401k. Right. That's why we can help. But if you don't want to utilize us, that's why we have other funds you can pick from as well. Right. So let's talk a little bit about target dates. Since they have become so popular, um, basically what it does is over time it changes the allocation from from like in, in the case with uh, Adriana, you're going to say she probably starts out with a lot of stocks. Over time, over the next 34 years, if she stayed invested in that particular uh, target date fund, you would expect that it gets more exposure to bonds as Correct. time goes on and less exposure to equities. Um, but you got to be careful there because all target date funds are not created equal. That is true. Some actually are a bit more risky than others, meaning that they have lots more exposure to, to uh, maybe small caps and um, international. international yeah. is a big one. And and less exposure to to uh, bonds when it might be warranted. Correct. So you got to be careful there. Just because you have a target date fund doesn't mean it's the best target date fund. And that's why it's important for us to talk with a plan sponsor to understand what type of employee base we have, because that's going to drive what type of recommendations we make from from a target date <clears throat> fund perspective. Well, and I think you know I think the biggest thing is doing your homework and making sure you understand what you want your allocation to be. Exactly. So. You know, what we typically recommend is that um, if you're, you know, of the growth portion, the majority of that would be in large cap. And then you would have exposure to mid cap, small cap, and international at a lower rate. Jennifer, let's uh, explore that subject a little deeper when we come back. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jennifer Thomas and Justin Justin Wagner. 
our 401k guy. When we last talked, Jennifer was making a point that uh, uh, it's very important for you to be educated when you're um, trying to make your decisions in your 401k. Quite often, instead of just the large cap piece uh, at Hensler Financial, we will uh, uh, recommend smaller companies, mid caps and small caps and international mm-hmm. at times, just given uh, really it's it's based on your risk tolerance and your situation. Uh, again, you know, if we're taking talking about Adriana, who's got 50 percent in bonds and she's 34 years from retirement, she's a young person with a long uh, investment horizon is what we would talk about. Uh, the longer you have to uh, recover from craziness in the equities market, which happens. I mean, 2008, 2009, we saw the market get cut by from the top of the market to the bottom 52%. It hurts when you lose that kind of money. It took till 2015 to overcome that loss. Right. But if you had stayed, I mean, here we are 10 years out, and you've got a significant gain from that point at the bottom of the market um, you know, over, uh, what is it, like 16% annualized return from yeah, 2009? I mean, and, and that's from the bottom. If you look at it from the top in 07 to the right. end of 17, it's still 7% yeah. annualized. 7% mm-hmm. annualized. So lost 52 and you're still up 7% annually. Uh, the studies we have show for a long period of time, back to 1925, that the market average return on an annual basis is about 10.5%, a little better than that. So, um, you know, that that means that you're beating the socks off of inflation, which is really the measure of wealth. It's how much you beat the cost of living increase. Um, and, and then, you know, when you get to a point where you know you're going to need the money within 10 years, you want to set it aside. You want to do away with all the crazy volatility that we know can happen in the financial markets, in the equity markets at least, and uh, hold those bonds so that they too can at least ride along with inflation so that your purchasing power is protected while you wait to spend that money. So, um, And a lot of people look at when they want to retire as they're, when they're going to need the money, and those two are not necessarily the same time. Absolutely. A lot of people retire, like if they retire at 60, but they have money outside of that 401K to live off of, they don't have to pull money from their retirement accounts until they're 70 and a half. So if they retire at 60, they still have 10 years possibly before they need to pull money from that account. So it's really, you just, you also need to look at it not necessarily as, okay, this is when I want to retire, but when are you going to actually need to pull the money from the account? Right. And, you know, then, then, uh, you know, you're talking about target date funds. Mm-hmm. So when they put those together, they're using rules of thumb, assuming that that you need to be less risky later in life. And sometimes that's not the case. Uh, if you have assets outside of your 401k, so you've been a great saver, you not only saved at work for your retirement, but you had a little excess or um, adjusted your budget to the point where you can save money, whether it be in a taxable account or whatever it might be, uh, you could be in a spot where your spending is covered with another account, so why wouldn't you stay a little more risky? That being the case, you wouldn't want to own a target date fund. Correct. Because you don't have any control over the asset allocation decision there. That's right, and and we, we have a participant in one plan. He's 67. He's got money outside of the plan, but he's in the 2020 target date fund, which is about a 50-50 split between stocks and bonds. Right. 
that doesn't make sense for him because he doesn't need the money. Right. And he wants to be more aggressive. So that's a perfect example of having a plan that offers target dates, but also other options that will maybe enable that individual to be more aggressive. So an aggressively allocated Vanguard fund. It's an index fund. It's low cost, but it's it's aggressive in nature. Sure. And it won't change. Right. So no. determining what you want your allocation to be based on your goals and objectives, I think, is the most important. You know, important thing. First, you have to decide how much do you need between growth, which is the stocks or, you know, uh, mutual funds that invest in stocks or and how much you need in fixed income investments. And then once you know that, then how how do you then diversify or how do you allocate it? In those particular areas. Right. And making sure that you step step back from just the 401k and consider your whole financial picture right. is very important. Yeah. So if you have questions on these things, you can always catch us at 770-429-9166. You call. Uh, you can ask for Justin Wagner. You can ask for Jennifer Thomas. Uh, either one of them can help you with this question or get you to somebody that can. And, um, you know, these are the kind of things that we get quite often. Um, if you are a business owner and you would like to pursue just how you would uh, how you would go about providing a retirement savings plan for your company, uh, it greats it, it's a great help for uh, employee retention, uh, attracting good talent, uh, various things, and uh, Justin can help you with that. Well, and, and also if you're an employee that's in a retirement plan and you have questions, you should call your advisor on that plan. Right. And if he can't help you, then that's a problem. Yep. So that, that's something else to consider as well. Right, yep. And uh, again, you know, Justin or Jennifer, either one could help right. you there. And if you have an em- or if you're an employer and you have a current 401k and want Justin to take a look at it, he can do that as well yeah. and give you a yeah, look the to see Im- if there's something that, you know, he could do better for you. Yeah, the most important piece for a, for an employer is making sure that your legal duties are covered. The fiduciary liability mm-hmm. is extremely important. Right. So if you don't think you're getting the proper care there, that is absolutely step number one. I mean, this is this is in- interesting, but it's it's also very important that you make sure that uh, that your fiduciary duties have been met. And the costs. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, the sponsors and the employees have no idea how expensive some of these plans can be. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Scott Brown and I will go in, we'll do a benchmark of the plan, we'll get options from other providers and say, hey, here's your cost, maybe it's in line, but we did one the other day where we could save a company 35% based on what they're currently paying, between funds, the record-keeping fees, the administration fees, everything. And that's a big deal because that's more money in a participant's pocket. Right, yep. And um, most employers are also participants. That's exactly right. So it's not only saving everybody else, but it's saving you money too. All right. Well, uh, that was a great topic. Let's uh, move on. We got some questions. Uh, Here's one from our good friend, Ed Kelly, who uh, often writes us. uh, Today, he's pontificating on aircraft companies uh, with what seems like increased demand worldwide for passenger aircraft. Other than Boeing, Honeywell, Lockheed, General Dynamics, Raytheon, Northrop, uh, are there any other lesser known but solid companies that should have continued should have continued solid growth as the world's airliner supplies increased uh ed that that's a great question it's probably prompted by the fact of how well boeing has done for a long time uh boeing's been one of the recent leaders 
Um, it's really interesting to watch industrial sector companies uh, and how Boeing has really just knocked socks off of everybody as far as its return goes. Uh, did get beaten up a little bit end of the year when everyone else was getting knocked around, but since December 24th, the company has roared back, uh, adding about 40% to its um, to its uh, market cap. So it's grown by 40% over the the last what two months. Um, but what I would warn you is that um, as I look at it, there's a lot of folks out there that are calling for us to be kind of at the end of the business cycle, and usually these industrial companies, uh, as well as consumer discretionaries, are cyclical. They're very sensitive to the business cycle. When things slow down, uh, their revenues slow significantly. But what I did is took kind of the list that you had provided, Ed, <clears throat> and I, I looked at, at its their supply chains. So I'm looking down the line to try to find companies that actually – generate revenue by selling to uh, these larger aircraft manufacturers. And the three that I really paid most attention to were Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, and Boeing Aerospace. So uh, of the of those companies, I find three that stood out for exposure to these. Uh, among the three are Triumph Group, Melrose Industries, and Transdime Group. Uh, there's another one as well that uh, I get into a little bit later. Um, Spirit Aerosystems Holdings, um, but basically when I look at these, they all look really expensive. In fact, um, the the ones that uh, that look like they feed more into uh, Boeing actually look about as expensive as Boeing. Uh, not real surprising, but Boeing still outstripped them by. By return, uh, you get down to Spirit Aerosystems, which has got a symbol P, uh, SPR. Uh, it really looks like probably the best, um, the best option there. It actually meets the Hensler Financial criteria for investment based on uh, financial strength and safety. Uh, if I just had to say one, in fact, that's really the only one that I could pound the table and say is is a halfway decent buy, but I would still go very carefully, very cautiously into this space. It's, uh, it, it, like I say, it's known for um, known for being sensitive to the business cycle, and I'm I'm a little bit um, a little bit cautious at the moment on what comes next. All right, well, we'll take a break there. When we come back, we'll answer some more of your questions. Stick around; you're listening to Money Talks. Listening to Money Talks, that uh, that again plays into that hipness, Jennifer, that you told me not to use at all. Uh, I have a, a very lot, eclectic music taste. I'm a, I'm a whole lot hipper than I used to was. Ah. More hip. <clears throat> More hipper than I used to was. How about, well, I know you here? usually pay, play the... I'm woke. Woke, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're really I reaching know, deep. I know the language. I, mean, <laughs> I just don't use it properly. You usually play the pop the tags one. Yeah, I know. I love that. I mean, thrift shop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, it's, it's after your own heart. Uh, of course. 
It's the, uh, the, the new me. Me being Troy Harmon, uh, <laughs> host today of Money Talks, uh, speaking with Jennifer Thomas and Justin Wagner. And uh, we got lots of questions. If you have your own questions, we'd love to hear from you. Question hotline, one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You can call in, uh, listen to our recording, leave your recording. Uh, we'll glean the question out of it, um, play it on the air, answer behind it. If you'd like to talk to a real person, you can call 770-429-9166. Uh, ask for our radio producer. You'll get Kelly Lynn. She'll fix you up and uh, get your question on the air. If you just don't want to talk to anybody, you can email us. Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um, and you can leave us an email, and we'll... Get your question answered on the air as well. If you'd like to answer your own questions, we got a whole bunch of them posted on our website, Hensler.com, spelled the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. And uh, you can find uh, some of the uh, broad topics on there. If it's more specific than you find there, you're going to have to give us a call or email. But uh, all right, let's uh, get back to our Financial questions. We got Willie Schreiber who writes, My wife is leaving her job to raise our children. That's a good thing. She's about to take on a much bigger job. Uh, what can we do with her 401k? So, what are all the options? Well, there are a couple of options depending on how much she has in it. If she has more than $5,000 in there, she could leave it in the 401k plan. Um, she can roll it into an IRA. Right. She can take it out. She's going to have to pay taxes on it, and I'm assuming that she's under 59 and a half she's if she's got children. About to have, about yeah. to have children, I yeah. assume. Yeah. Or, or has children, but I'm assuming then she would still be um, under that. So there would be a 10% penalty if she took it out and did not put it into an IRA. Um, typically, we recommend that people um, not leave it in their plan Right. Um, because they have a wider range of investment choices Option, out, yeah. Yeah, outside. Yeah. So they can roll it into an IRA. They can invest it however they want to. Um, one thing that I would, and, and it's just whatever the vested balance is. So one thing I would want to mention, if she has some flexibility on when she's going to leave, she needs to look and see if she's close to being more vested than if she could stick around to a date. You know, or if she's already fully vested, um, then she could go ahead and leave. But if, you know, if for some reason it would make her completely vested or at least more vested in any employer contributions, then um, I would look at that date. That vesting means that she just gets to keep what the employer has, has put in, right. in her name. Yes. Yeah. So normally when you invest in a 401k plan and your employer matches, they have a schedule based on, you know, like once you've been there, you probably know the details more, but it's usually like five years you're fully vested. All the vested schedules are going to be different, be, but five yeah. is very common. Yeah, so yeah. that's a common one, but you can look. But so it, you know, it might be that at five years you're fully vested, at four years you're 80% vested, at right. three years you're, you know, 60% and, you know, on down. So, so. do they tie that vesting schedule to the point at which you put the money in, or is it from your from when start you of employment? employed. Yes. Correct. Okay, so after five years, any money that the employer puts in in your name is yours. yours. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. all right. Yeah. Um, one thing, Jennifer, you said something about more options. So, Justin, you want to flesh out a little bit about um, when you have a 401K, almost everything is going to be a mutual fund, right? 
everything. You know, we're starting to have more ETFs in some of Exchange our funds. Exchange-traded funds. Correct. But you're not going to have individual equities. Okay. Um, you know, we have a lot of participants to come to us that are going to approach retirement, and what are my options? And Jennifer laid out what all those options are. We never recommend cashing it out because you got to pay tax. Right, you pay taxes, and if you're under 59 and a half, you're going to pay a penalty. But um, you know, I think rolling it into an IRA makes the most sense from having a more uh, open investment lineup you can choose from. You have a professional that you work with, but some plans are so big that the fees within the plan are so much smaller. And you may be able to have your money invested all in at 15 basis points or 20 basis points where, you know, if you work with an advisor, you may have to pay a little bit more, but you get the expertise, you get a financial sure. plan, you get that additional knowledge. So you have to decide what's best for you in, in your personal situation. Yeah. And quite often, unless you're going to do a whole lot of homework, the individual investor probably doesn't, doesn't need to be buying the individual stocks. So Correct. having a profession with a mutual fund, it's wrapped by the fact that, uh, a professional actually manages the fund. Right. So, you know, you get that through just buying the mutual mm-hmm. fund. Um, and nothing says that you have to, even if you roll out the, the money into uh, retirement, uh, an IRA outside of the 401k plan, um, it, you can still leave the mutual funds that you owned yeah. right in place. Nothing says you have to change mm-hmm. it, right? Correct. All right. That... Uh, Covers that one pretty well. Let's go to Adam from Brookhaven. Uh, Adam says, uh, where do you stand on Berkshire Hathaway? Class B shares. I'm looking at its five-year history and its one-year target estimate and think it's a good deal. Well, let's flesh out a little bit of what Berkshire Hathaway is. Obviously, anybody that's been around investing or contemplated investing has heard the name Warren Buffett, right? So Berkshire Berkshire Hathaway (laughs) is the company that he runs. And um, he's done a, a pretty good job of it, I would say. Um, but he's he's an old dude at this point. Was he like eighty six or something? Is it things? Is he older yeah. than that? I don't know. He's an old guy. He's, he's getting close. But to he's Andy. he's uh, starting to talk about you know the next phase of Berkshire Hathaway. There are people in there that are helping him invest. Um, you know, if you think about what all he owns, probably the biggest and best known. Uh, company that he has or in his portfolio is going to be Geico. But he also owns Dairy Queen, NetJets, Pampered Chef, uh, Seas, uh, Candies, Shaw Industries right here in Georgia. Just recently bought Duracell, I think back in 2015, Clayton Homes, manufactures mobile homes, uh, Lubrizol Corporation, BNSF, yes, Burlington Northern Santa Fe was one of his biggest recent purchases, uh, the railroad uh, General Re, a reinsurance company, and, and Geico as well. He's uh, considered, the business is considered a financial because most of its money is generated from insurance. Um, but it's a very diversified company, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a mutual fund within itself. The difference between what Buffett does and what everybody else does, a uh, mutual fund will buy a small portion of a business. In fact, um by regulation, they can't buy more than 5%. Buffett's business is not encumbered by that regulation. He buys the whole company. And what he does is he buys companies with good management, leaves the management in place. So he runs his business off of about 12 people, just the business itself. But in owning those individual companies, they have a full management team and a whole lot of employees uh, and, you know, it's a, a global company at this point. So um, if you look, there's uh, 
awesome portfolio of companies owned at about 29 times earnings, meaning the PE is 20, well, 28 times earnings, about 28. Um, you look at the price to sales, 1.87 versus a 2.88% long-term average. It's one of the few companies that actually does look attractive in the market relative to EBITDA, relative to sales. I've talked a good bit on the, the program recently about uh, the PE being uh, kind of managed for the S&P 500 overall, but a company like this is, uh, is, is doing a pretty good job. I'm still not sold that this is uh, the, the absolute best time, but uh, Warren's track record over a long, long period is really good. So, guys, I'm saying eh, it's kind of a lukewarm buy on Berkshire Hathaway. Market up or down next week? It's up. Up. I'm up, too. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.